Hello and welcome to the BioBuilder podcast. I'm your host, Zeeshan Siddiqui, and today I talk with Katie Hart, who is an assistant professor at Williams College and a member of the BioBuilder Educational Foundation Board. Katie has spent several years running BioBuilder professional development workshops at UC Berkeley for teachers interested in incorporating the BioBuilder curriculum into their classroom. She is also one of the authors of the amazing BioBuilder Synthetic Biology in the Lab textbook. Let's dive right in. Let's start off with your PhD study at UC Berkeley, which I believe was in chemistry. Yeah. So, well, yeah, so I was in chemistry. I ended up joining a lab that was in molecular and cell biology. And my PI, Susan Marcusy, is actually, you know, a physicist. So, so it's, okay. it was very, I would say it's very interdisciplinary, the work we were doing. Um, and it focused on primarily on protein folding. So trying okay. to figure out what it is that allows proteins to achieve their final three-dimensional structure um, and how that relates to, to how they work. Um, so very, mostly basic, science kind of questions. But my my advisor, Susan, got involved with synthetic biology on the, on the side of kind of tools development. So at the end of the day, when synthetic biologists are kind of tinkering with cells, they're often trying to manipulate the action of either DNA, uh, RNA, or proteins. And so, and so being able to sort of manipulate or, or change the behavior shape of different proteins can be an attractive target for some synthetic biology goals. So that was sort of on the side that, that we were working in my project specifically. So it's, I would say it's synthetic biology adjacent. It's not work we had been working on with synthetic biology in mind before, but then it became clear that this was a, an application that could be quite powerful. Uh, which one of your projects, I guess, towards the latter stages of your PhD would be most related to synthetic biology? Chemistry definitely is part of synthetic biology, especially like SynBio is developing a toolkit and making the process of engineering biology easier. So chemistry definitely comes under that umbrella. But what would you say is, is one project that stands out as the most synthetic biology-isk? Yeah. So, so the, the first project, as I said, I worked on was on this kind of protein switch, like a a general platform where you could turn any enzyme of interest on and off. And that's really important in designing programs for synthetic biology, because sometimes you're creating intermediates or, um, or products even that are toxic to, to the host. And so you want to be able to signal to turn something on or off externally um, to, to maximize yield. And we do that, you know, all the time in the lab when we're producing proteins, for instance, if it's toxic, you get a much better yield if you can control when the production of the protein starts. So it was sort of uh, in that in that vein. Uh, the switch project was not terribly, <laughs> terribly successful. So I did I did have another project that I worked on that was that I spoke about uh, um, to the Synthetic Biology Consortium, Sinberg, which was using what's called ancestral sequence resurrection to build and study ancient enzymes. So, so the idea is that you can look at the sequences of existing proteins in a family and extrapolate what the ancestral sequence must have been. So from some extinct organism that no longer exists, but it much in the same way, if you look at all of the different uh, breeds of dogs that exist and they all have very different features, but if you start to look at the things they share, right, you know, the, a tail, even if it's long or short, uh, maybe the, the shape of the nose or something like that, you can actually extrapolate visually what an ancestor, the wolf, 
must have looked like. So you won't necessarily get it exactly right, but you can sort of piece together certain things. And so we can do that at the DNA and the protein level now. So I worked with a collaborator, Mike Harms and Joe Thornton at University of Oregon to sort of to resurrect, I guess, um, the sequences for some some um, extinct enzymes, and then looked at how their biophysics, um, sort of their physical characteristics changed over time. And the thing that we learned, well, one thing that had been posited before was that these ancient enzymes were much more stable. They were much more robust, particularly to temperature. So typically if you have a protein and you heat it up, it will unfold, sometimes aggregate or stick together. That's what happens when you cook an egg. And when you're a synthetic biologist and you're working potentially under harsh conditions, you want enzymes that are very robust, that are not going to unfold prematurely. So so in trying to understand and, and tease out the determinants of this stability, we were sort of learning things that you could do in synthetic biology to, to make your proteins in your, in your programs be more robust. And so you can do this kind of ancestral sequence resurrection. And, and my project kind of introduced some caveats to that when, when it would be useful and when it might not be. Moving on to BioBuilder, how and when did the opportunity arise uh, to work with BioBuilder? Was this something during your PhD or was it a bit afterwards? Yeah, so it was during my PhD. I had been, I was just actually digging up my old, my first correspondence with with Natalie Kildell, who's of course the the founder of BioBuilder. And and it was in, so 2011, I reached out to her. So I was several years, I was in the last few years of my PhD um, because I knew I was interested in, in teaching. I had been teaching some summer workshops, lab intensive workshops for undergraduates who were getting ready to do research um, in, in different labs at Berkeley. Heard from my, my PI, Susan Marcusy, who is the director of Synberg. So Synberg was kind of this consortium of synthetic biologists. I can't, it has a new name now that I can't remember. <laughs> my apologies. But um, and and so Susan was sort of working with Natalie on some of the educational aspects of Synberg and knew that I had this interest in teaching. And so um, said maybe I might be interested in working with Natalie on, on this project, BioBuilder, which I didn't know anything about. And, and I, I remember seeing her for the first time at one of these conferences we had within Synberg. And it was that point in the meeting where, you know, you've heard 10 talks, science talks, and your eyes are kind of glazing over. And then, and I don't even know that I was looking up at the front of the room at the podium, but I heard this voice and Natalie just commands attention, right? Like she, in, the, in the best way possible, in the way that the best teacher does, right? So she stood up and all of a sudden it was like, whoa, I better pay attention. And, and so I, I, I listened to her talk about this project she was working on with an artist. It was kind of the first some of the first stages of BioBuilder where it was really just this zine or magazine she put together, a comic of synthetic biology that kind of launched a lot of things. And I was just so drawn to her. You know, she's one of the most charismatic people and speakers. And, and I saw her and I just knew she was somebody I wanted to know. Um, and, and so when Susan had approached me about possibly working with her, I, I jumped at the chance. Was the first project that you worked with Natalie and Biobuilder, was that the textbook or was there something else? Was there first, like, did you attend a workshop or did you assist in a workshop or was it directly into the textbook? Yeah, no, the textbook came later. The first thing I did, so Natalie had taught 
a workshop for teachers at um, MIT. And really that grew very organically, right? She had created this amazing curriculum. She'd worked with an artist to make these supporting materials, videos, comics. And then she kind of released it to the world and was like, yay, we're done. Here's this amazing content, use it. Um, and, and the reception was very positive, but also from the teacher side was like, we want, we want more, we want you to show us how to do this. We want to know how to incorporate it. So out of that, she did a workshop at MIT. Uh, so that must've been in 2011 that summer. And there were so, I think, I don't remember how many there were teachers there were, but there were a number. And so she was interested kind of immediately in, in this model of kind of professional development training for teachers so that they could really um, use BioBuilder to its fullest. And so my task was thinking about, could we do another workshop on the West Coast? Because I was, of course, in California. So have kind of one on the East Coast and one on the West Coast and draw teachers from, from all over. So in that next summer in 2012 was the first time I taught a workshop for teachers using the BioBuilder curriculum. Firstly, it must be like so amazing to see like this is, you started these workshops, you know, a couple of years ago and now they're all over the country. What I also wanted to ask was, so how long would, the, would one workshop last? Would, was it yeah. like over a weekend, over a day? We have, so now there are many kind of different iterations. We do, you know, oh, yeah, one day workshops, two day workshops, three days. At the time I was teaching, they were five days. So it was a full week. And I, you know, I don't know, coming at it from <laughs> as a graduate student, I, I think you have a different sort of attitude about, you know, what needs to get done in a certain period of time in graduate school that I think later <laughs> and realizing where the teachers are. But so it was nine to five, Monday through Friday, very intense. Boom, 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 boom. Biobuilder bootcamp. Yeah, it was, it was, it was like, it was chock full. And maybe um, I don't necessarily think that was the most effective. Method. So I think, I think we've learned a lot from that. And I have grown certainly as a, as an instructor and educator, but at the time it was very much like, let's get in, let's get your, you know, like your time's worth here. And the teachers loved it, right? They, the te teaching teachers is incredibly rewarding. And especially for me at that stage in my development as an educator to, to have such, you know, teachers are the best students, really. That's how they're, that's why they're teachers. So, you know, this incredible group of teachers who were not only really smart, really dedicated, um, but like they could actually be super, were also super empathetic, right, to me as an instructor, because they were in most cases much older than I was. And so they could give me very good constructive feedback. So it, it was just an incredible experience for me to be able to do that. And both the teachers and you are learning from each other and growing from each and growing together. Yes, yes. And the content of the of these workshops uh, over five days. One would be, I guess, how to implement the BioBuilder curriculum um, into their teaching style and their schools, as well as I presume also how to approach teaching synthetic biology. So, what would be, I guess, the main content of the initial workshops? Yeah. So, I mean, the content was very much rooted in learning and getting to try all of the experiments that are part of the BioBuilder curriculum. So really the hands-on learning aspect. And then, okay. you know, many of the teachers were coming from the biological sciences background, AP bio or, or other um, type things. And so for them, the engineering perspective was really the new part. So thinking about design, build, test cycles, 
how to explain inputs, outputs, you know, and then, and um, inverters or the kind of, you know, the terminology you use as an engineer. And, and to be honest, that was all very new to me as well. I was very much a biophysical chemist and had never taken an engineering course of any kind. Um, so in, in learning this curriculum and then teaching it, I was also learning what it is an engineering perspective is, and then conveying it to, to the teachers um, so that they could sort of incorporate that, that line of thinking into, into their curriculum. And as far as tell, teaching them how to build it into their curriculum, that was actually more of a me asking. I, we wanted to know, you know, we're developing um, this content and we think it has a lot of interesting aspects and it's certainly tied to current research, but we don't know what's, you know, Natalie and I and, and the rest of BioBuilder, we don't know what's being taught um, in, in high schools, especially at that time, we weren't as, as plugged in. Um, so really asking like, is this useful? What parts are useful? What would you like to see change or um, adapted? How could you do this, you know, in the one hour you have with students a day, right? Or maybe it's one hour every other day. Um, so we learned a ton about um, what's possible and um, useful for, for teachers in their setting. And we're able to incorporate that feedback in, in, in um, iterations of the curriculum. With the hands-on experiments, what would you say, which part of the BioBuilder curriculum experiment would, is your personal favorite? Is there, like one that made you be like, uh, made you maybe understand what synthetic biology is really about or have had that moment. Oh, I didn't know that was possible. Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. So what captured my imagination? I mean, I think within the, the curriculum, I think the, the experiments that capture the, the teacher's imaginations can be, well, it sort of, it sort of ranges. A lot of them really liked the bacterial photography, which I, I know you talked about with, with Karen uh, Ingram. Um, it, it tends to appeal to, I think, the more artistic sensibilities. You could develop a photograph or image with, with bacteria using this kind of intricate program. And I actually really like teaching that lab because we would do it side by side with a breadboard. So you could really do the analogy of building a circuit and this, the biological circuit that's occurring in the cell. Um, and it kind of gives you a tangible, uh, physical way of, 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 of learning that. Um, exactly. So I really liked teaching that. In terms of just what's possible and kind of captures your imagination, I think one of the, the first stories I knew and heard about um, synthetic biology was the kind of the artemisinin story. Um, so Jay Kiesling's group developing a, a way to produce artemisinin, the anti-malarial drug, in uh, large quantities using yeast. So basically brewing it much like you would brew uh, alcohol. And just appreciating, uh, you know, from the science side, the, the, the feat, but also the impact, right? So like yeah. that you could be doing something with your science that could have such a tremendous impact, a global issue right, the, the access to, to this drug, which is was so much, somewhat finicky um, because it was from a, derived from a tree, which would, you know, in some years be more productive than others. When you reflect on your journey so far, what are some of the key lessons in culture, skills, and sensibilities that have served you well um, in your current position at Williams College, which I understand is your dream job? Yes. Yeah. So this is definitely my dream job. Um, I get to do 
teaching and research and work with really talented undergraduates and an amazing, amazing set of faculty who are really dedicated to, to education. So this is something I've, I've wanted to do um, for a long time. And so I'm very grateful to be here. And I love this question um, about the lessons of, of culture, skills, and sensibilities, I think, especially connecting back to what I learned from BioBuilder. I mean, I, I told you a little bit about my experience teaching teachers, which I think was huge in, in, in how I approached education, but also the experience working with Natalie and everybody else at BioBuilder, it's always been so collaborative. Um, so one example of that, of course, is the textbook. There were, you know, the four, the four authors that were all working together very collaboratively on writing this and illustrating this, this textbook, which was an incredible experience. And then also just the way Natalie has always been so generous with sharing resources and materials um, and the community that grew around the teachers who were taking the workshops of receiving the BioPilder curriculum and materials, amending them, sharing them back out, right? We would have these massive Dropbox folders that would get sort of populated and shared between teachers in different regions of the country. So looking not only at the science as truly collaborative and interdisciplinary, which I think is one of the unique aspects of synthetic biology, but that is also infused into the way we think about education around synthetic biology as well. So there's no kind of central ownership or there's not a sense of that. It's really distributed. Um, and here at Williams, I think, you know, I bring that kind of have that expectation that that's how teaching should be. And, and that's very much how this department is. But that's not true, I think, everywhere you go. So the way we really are rooting for each other and sharing all of our materials and insights and not feeling like, you know, you own a particular lesson or a particular resource, but um, sharing widely. And then best thing about that is that when you get it back, you know, the second time around, I teach this course with two other, two other instructors and we, we pass our materials one to the next. And then it's like the next time you teach it, you get their materials and it's yours but like slightly changed, <laughs> right? There's like new lessons or new ways of doing it. And it's, it's really fun. Um, it, makes, it makes teaching really exciting. That's really brilliant because each time there's like, each time you teach a workshop or there's a Bible, the curriculum is integrated into a school or a lesson, there's like a, a new perspective to it, like every time. And you learn something new that, you know, you may, you may have done it a hundred times before. But each time there's just something, there's a new element about it, which, which I think is really cool. And especially also the no central ownership idea, because that's, that's the only way how you grow the community as well as grow Bibles. Right, exactly. Maybe. Yeah, it's great. And, and I think when you have a design first sort of approach or an engineering approach, that's also one of the reasons it's exciting, because no matter who it depends so much on who's approaching the problem, how they go about solving it. And then that will lead you down the rabbit hole of, I need to learn X, Y, Z about biology or chemistry or physics to make this happen. Yeah. Um, and it, and again, everything just feels very organic, which I think is the best way to teach and learn, right? Yeah, because definitely. you have kind of the motivation. There's a motivation besides, I have to know this material for the test. The motivation is I need to solve this problem that I am somehow invested in personally or otherwise. And so I'm going to learn what I need to learn to solve the problem. Do the workshops start like in September for oh, the so teachers? They've mostly, the ones I did were all in the summer because that's when the teachers had the That makes time. sense. So that's that when they sense. do the bulk of their professional, at least external professional development. I do think we've taught some workshops, not myself, that have been 
during like winter break or other kind of gaps in schedule. But we really try to, you know, especially since we're pulling teachers from all over and districts can have different times. I think the bulk of them are in the summer when they have the most time to do that. Yeah. Katie, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been such a pleasure talking to you and really learning about BioBuilder. One of the best (laughs) things about BioBuilder, I mean, really the thing is the community. It's the people. Thanks once again to Katie Hart for joining me today. I thought her comment about not only looking at the science being truly collaborative and interdisciplinary, but how that is also infused into the way we think about education was very insightful because collaboration and no central ownership is truly how education works best. I believe this episode will be very useful to anyone interested in synthetic biology education, as well as teachers looking to participate in the BioBuilder professional development workshops. If you would like to learn more about anything Katie and I discussed today, please refer to the show notes. Join me for the next BioBuilder podcast. We'll welcome another wonderful guest whose career has been influenced by BioBuilder's life-changing science. See you next time.